0: Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Old Miss Rebels. I'm your host Justin Sanders, and joining me today, uh, just like every week, we've got John Stefanzik, my co-host. John, what's up, buddy? How you doing?
1: We're good. We broke sixty degrees up here. I mean, spring's pretending to arrive, so I think it actually is actually here this week. So we're excited about that. It's
0: only mid-May, so that's good.
1: Exactly, spring's
0: rolling in. I guess I guess you get seasons up there, huh? That's something that in the south we don't know as much about. Yeah,
1: yeah, you get real. Fall's beautiful because you actually get some real foliage, right? That
0: i can imagine so. that yeah but then and then you get that long dark winter that's like a real winter unlike the, the yeah the summer's nice here. you have longer days
1: but the winter that, i mean it gets dark at four yeah, it's, it's just depressing four 30 at certain points which really is you mentioned depressing so it's depressing
0: um so yeah hopefully we're not gonna uh be too depressed today on the show we got some 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 good news to talk about for old mrs sports teams we're gonna Hit some baseball. Rebels went three and one on the week, went in their midweek, and taking two of three at Georgia. Um, didn't get to watch too much of the series, but uh, John, I believe, did. So he'll fill us in on uh, what he took away, if anything, from that series. Also, we're gonna touch on a couple of football commits, John. I don't know if you knew this, but the football team uh, is accepting players to play on it. Apparently, yeah, i have for- forgotten what that was. Turns actually. out, yeah, it turns out. Um, We are going to have a 2017 class, or at least a few members of one. Uh, I agree, we'll get into that. Uh, A little bit later in the show, talk a little bit about developments, if there are any, uh, as Ole Miss waits for the 30-day extension on its NOA response time to expire. We talked about that at length uh, the last couple shows, so if if you're a turn listener, you probably... Know how we feel about that and kind of where things stand as far as what we know so far, but um, you know, still obviously impacted old misses recruiting. We're joking about not having any commitments, but uh, a lot of people in the know seem to um be of the opinion that the old miss has a lot of high caliber kids that are very interested, perhaps even some that are quote unquote private commits. I think we've talked in the past in the show, John, about how private commits. Or just kids that like you, you know. If they if they were really committed, they, it wouldn't be private. But could be waiting on that NCAA investigation. Uh, at least the preliminary um, notice of allegation stage to be wrapped up to get a better idea of Old Misses facing any serious sanctions. Um, once again, waiting on. We think about May twenty second to learn more about that. Uh, and we're probably gonna talk a little bit about MLB as well on the show today. Um, Cubs with an absolutely ridiculous record right now i just got back from my first trip to chicago took in a game at wrigley field on saturday so that was a lot of fun talk about that a little bit later but let's let's start with some rebel baseball talk john uh old miss sitting at number eight in the rpi i believe today is ranked as high as sixth I, i think it's baseball america that has them that high but i think about consensus top 10 across all the major polls um we were hoping uh, after winning the first two games in the Georgia series to, to pick up a sweep and, you know, kind of tuck that extra win away in the SEC record would have been really valuable, but did not come to pass on Sunday. Um, James MacArthur stumbled for the first time in several starts. I want to say six or seven quality starts he had strung together there. Um but uh rebels ended up losing that one i think what was it, like 13 to 1 or something like that John. 13 it was, to 2
1: it something. something one of those days you go out and you get you get not great yeah reminded,
0: reminded me a lot of sundays from last season uh as far as the outcome's concerned but john i mentioned you you got a chance to watch the games i did not this weekend so let's start what did you take away from uh the rebels winning two of three on the road at georgia this weekend
1: they really, overall, they do what you need them to do to go host, go 3-1 for the week, 2-1 on the road against Georgia, pick up a couple of uh, key top 50 RPI wins. So their record's now 9-10 and against the top 50 RPI. They get a chance to further improve that against Kentucky this weekend before going to A&M to close the season. I thought, I, when I flipped the game on set Friday night, they were in the third inning and Brady was down 4-2. I was... I was sitting there wondering if they were going to be able to put it together, but Errol hit a bases clearing three RBI triple in the gap and right that was that turned the game around.
0: That's clutch. We he, his
1: energy and you know improvement the second half of the season's been been one of the key spark plugs for this team if this t- when this team actually is a good offensive unit when they have him hitting, Olenek solidified the two hole and then you have Wood- Woodman still maintained being hot. He hit a gigantic homer on Saturday. Basically they, they I think they hit two or, I think they hit two or three homers on Saturday and used the long ball to propel them to I believe it was a I believe it was a 7-4 victory but Parkinson was solid. He get he had a rough fourth inning, but he came back was able to get into the sixth, which was good cuz Brady didn't make it past through four innings on, on Friday. The one concern with this I mean starting pitching has not gone deep in the games all year for this team. I mean 7 I mean I don't think anybody's made it to the 8th inning at all. I think the 7th inning has happened, you know, every once in a while. But the bullpen's been pretty deep and solid to back this up. I mean, you really—if they—if they—I mean, if this team had a front line starter, and they could kick Brady to Saturday, then they would just be sitting pretty. But they you know, don't. Yeah, especially probably,
0: because then that would free up McCarthy or Parkinson as well for a a longer relief role. You I mean, would uh, get four you, innings out of Brady. You could throw one you, of them out there. You would
1: leave. You would leave Parkinson in the pin that way, and be able to bring in a lefty. But they don't have that. They. I think they're the fifth or sixth-best team in the league, which looks like it's going to be good enough to host this year is the way it's all shaved out. SEC is a tough conference. and
0: Well, yeah, I mean, we've we, we started we've been talking for a few weeks about how we don't think the NCAA is going to give six SEC host spots. But then last week we got into this RPI, which I'm looking at right now, Warren Nolan, and uh, yeah. basically it's we, – they, they have we're, to. Yeah, we're having trouble figuring out who would host before six SEC teams, just looking at it. Yeah. Um, I so, mean so the yeah. high. I mean the top ten is all
1: SEC and ACC schools. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then you got Texas Tech's going to host. It looks like, and then I mean, the first, uh, Coastal uh, Carolina's an option, which Ole Miss has beaten Coastal Carolina yeah. in their park. Georgia Tech's sneaking on their ACC. Virginia. Tech,
0: yeah. Texas Tech is the first non-ACC SEC person. Like I you look I at
1: Virginia, I mean. Georgia Tech, and LSU. Those are all you know would have a shot at hosting except they're just too far down their league standing southern's gonna probably get a spot tcu well,
0: and old miss beat beat lsu head-to-head
1: santa barbara slipped down from 20 they were up higher earlier so that is that'll be where where. let's see they are 20th now overall so we'll They may or may not get a host spot. Also, I mean, they're going to have to give the SEC six, I think.
0: I would think so, yeah. How how far down is uh, Kentucky here? I'm trying to find them.
1: 45th. 45th. They were outside and then jumped back in, so they're kind of on the fringe. So,
0: weren't we we looking at maybe Tennessee being top 50? They've slid. They've slid. They're down to 70 right now. They are not going to get there. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, Kentucky this weekend is an opportunity for some more top 50 wins.
1: Yeah, if they stay. They then turn around and play Missouri at home, so they – Missouri's
0: 97th, so we – Yeah, want...
1: they – my guess is Kentucky falls outside.
0: Is there – but there's probably no one else in that – what would you say it was 9-10 and 10 against the top 50? No one else is at risk of slipping out, huh? It'd be nice if we could lose some losses out of that. Yeah, as uh, as Alabama, Alabama's at Alabama sixty-one. Fell, yeah. They fell out, so we we want Alabama to keep losing and stay out of the top fifty. I mean, I can't. No, I don't see anybody that'll miss his play anywhere close. So really, I mean, down the stretch, John. Um, what what do they have to do to host? We think definitely win the midweek game this week. Um, Arkansas State, I think. And then uh, Definitely, they
1: should take care of their business midweek, which Chad Smith
0: should be able to do that. Um, I wonder, is it is it in Oxford or in Jonesboro? I think they played in Jonesboro last season. I don't think it matters.
1: I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah, sure. They, they need to take care of midweek. They need to take two. I mean, it would be nice to sweep Kentucky, but...
0: I, Definitely take two. I don't
1: know if this team's got enough consistency starting pitching-wise to, to sweep consistently. Yeah, I've been surprised they've been able
0: to sweep team. at all this season.
1: Um. Well, they've swept bad teams. They're They win series against average teams. And then they still. They, they couldn't
0: even do that last year.
1: Um. Exactly. No. I mean, they're need they to win two against Kentucky. Then realistically, go go win one at A and M. They can throw throw the bull throw the run the whole bullpen out there and, and get a game at College Station. That would you would most likely host. Realistically, you're going to end up with a losing record though against the top. Um. Against the top 50 RPI, though. I mean, yeah. it'll probably be a game or two. You'll have a lot of wins, which you'll have played a lot of games, too. LSU's got the same problem. A&M's got a very... Has a 11-6 and six record against the top 50. State's got 13 top 50 wins. Florida's got 14. Carolina's actually a game under, as well. But they... They're strong enough in other areas, where they'll be fine. Yeah. Vandy has a winning record, as well, too. I mean, they could jump up there and... I think Vandy's going to jump in. Well, let's see who they got here. Finished. They get yeah, they uh, finished
0: really tough. They, they go to Florida
1: and then host Auburn.
0: Yeah, they just they got done get, with a and m.
1: Louisville at home this week. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's so, a tough stretch a big for them. Week for them. If they if they go two and two this week and then go sweep Auburn, they're going to be totally fine at host. But it's a you know it's it'd be interesting to see how good they are. Um,
0: it's a tough stretch. They, they just got done playing a and I mean,
1: I think I think Florida, Carolina, Vandy. I think Florida, Florida, Carolina, A and M, State are all locks to host. Yeah, I agree. Vandy most likely will, and, and Ole Miss, Miss is should. Nice. The only reason I say Ole Miss won't is it's. I think between Van, between Vandy and Ole Miss, which one's better? We say we have a hard time distinguishing. Um, RPIs are comparable. Vandy a little bit I slightly better against f- RPI top fifty. Van Ole Miss has a better non-con. They're virtually tied. I would think they would. Be, I mean, they both probably should host. I'm just saying. If they, if I, cases, yeah, I agree. That's I agree
0: with that. They, State, they both have are, resumes, they, but...
1: State has the highest
0: RPI at 12.
1: Or they, or I guess they're sixth in the RPI order, but they've won all these series, and they have this, and they have a lot of time. Yeah, they
0: have the best series wins by gonna, far with Florida and Vandy.
1: They're going to probably win the West, given their schedule down the stretch. Yeah, they go 5 like one, they should. So, like, I would or they could even go six and zero. There, so they're in. Um, but I think I think six teams are going to host, unless they just look at Southern, Ole Miss, and State, and all go, well, we're we're not going to have all three hosts. But I don't know how you can really make that argument. I mean, well, you're, I think you're, Southern
0: should be the team that gets left out in that situation, but I don't know.
1: I would agree, but who the hell knows? I mean, who what was... kind of
0: what is their conference schedule like? Let's look at this, their strength of schedule here. They have the thirtieth hardest schedule. Ole Miss has the fourteenth. State has the
1: 10th. So uh, State actually has a better strength of schedule than Ole Miss. Teams. Yeah, I
0: think that's a recent development. I, I remember at one point that was not the case. It must have finally caught up the fact that they played all these great SEC teams at Ole Miss missed in Vanderbilt and Florida. Yeah, um, Ole Miss recoups a little in the fact they played USC, but they also got swept in that series. So it's not really, you know. I mean,
1: they have... The, the bottom line is there's there should... I, I'm, I'm convinced, there should be... These six schools should all host. And if they don't, then the NCAA screwing somebody over. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I think your, your national seeds are... Florida's a lock. A&M's a lock. South Carolina will most... They'll get one. And then I think State gets one as well if they finish as strong as I think they will. So... I
0: would agree with that.
1: Again, I think they... But they may only get three. It may come down to state versus Carolina for the third one. Florida A and M are locks unless A and M really
0: hits. No, I, th- I think A&M's A and M's a lock at this point. Thirty-seven and ten. I mean, that's that's a pretty yep. good mark. That's right behind Florida at forty and eight. Yeah, the only
1: reason I'm saying Carolina's not a lock is they're or they have a losing record against top fifty RPI, which.
0: But just... yeah, still they thirty-six and eleven with uh, 17th yep. hardest schedule. Yep. they'll probably be fine. Um, it'll be interesting, John. You know. Bianco has been quoted in the past as having the philosophy of "let's go to Hoover, lose our two games, and get home before we have to, uh, you know, pitch too many arms." But if if they go into the SEC tournament kind of with an equal resume to Vanderbilt and, and both playing for a host spot, could be interesting to see with the bullpen depth that Ole Miss has. If you don't see Bianco put a little bit more emphasis on the SEC tournament, you think that's a viable possibility? I. We've seen it happen in the past. We saw LSU play into a national seed the year they won the tournament a couple years back. I mean, we we know that the incident the, the, the committee looks at what happens in your conference tournaments, especially if you're if you're head to head with someone with an equal resume, I would think. Yeah. And, and Corbin Corbin is known for killing it in Hoover as well, so it's not like it's it's like Ole Miss is gonna have an easy time doing better than Vandy. Vandy's great in that tournament.
1: I think ideally they're the fifth or the sixth seed, and they can just lose the first game and then go home off a single elimination. That would honestly be my preference. I, Hoover just he, he, well,
0: if you can still host and do that, then yeah, you're in good shape. I don't
1: see why you wouldn't be able to, really. I mean,
0: but if you lose that host spot, and Vandy, wins are they going the to screw you? It it I don't know. The,
1: I mean, I guess if you made it to the semis, the SEC tournament, that makes. Well,
0: also money. those oh. wins count in your record, and they count in your RPI.
1: That's true.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It'll be yeah, a, it'll know. be interesting to see. I think it also depends on what happens against Kentucky and A and M. You know, if you were to sweep Kentucky, take one from A and M, it becomes a lot less important.
1: If you get to eighteen, you just tank over.
0: Right, right, exactly. Block.
1: I don't know. I don't know if you'd be a four or a five or a six at that point anyway. It we'll would have to see how it all plays well,
0: out. Well um, miss at this point, I think could finish anywhere from like the one seed to the nine seed. That's how close yeah. the West is.
1: I think that's right.
0: Yep. So yeah, it'll be interesting down the stretch here. Um, let's see. You covered pretty much everything. The lineup seems to be in pretty good shape right now. Blackman in the three hole. Um,
1: they are. They've come to. They've come together better as an offensive team than I thought. Well,
0: a big part of that is is Errol sucking less. You know, at the top of the lineup, and then oh,
1: Errol's been good.
0: Yeah. Well, he's he's brought his average up like almost a hundred points, but it's still you know.
1: He's hit over three hundred the past.
0: Yeah, month. he's got it together. He's um, playing all right now. And also, just as good as Lartigue's been protecting Woodman, that's really important. Bortles is actually slumping right now.
1: Bortles is the guy that kind of if, if he can get going, they actually have a they kind of have an explosive have right because if
0: you if Bortles place. wants to get it back going, you can move him back up into the five behind Woodman and then put Lartigue protecting Bortles and really you know have a have a scary middle of the lineup there. Um, it as, almost as it feels right like now. this
1: team has a chance to host, win, and then maybe the who they're paired against gets upset and they can host a Super And It just feels like that kind of year, even though I don't – I'm still not con- – it feels like – I feel like Bianco's almost due to have a good team that's probably not quite – Right, that gets lucky. really shouldn't be. That's not a top-eight team but that makes it to Omaha. That's because a, he,
0: he got so unlucky of, those first five times.
1: Yeah, so that's – it almost feels like, if anything, this unit has the potential to kind of get the payback on that. The one thing stopping them is do you have a – even Bramlet in the Friday night rule is he really a stopper out there. Yeah. Of the that's those that's where the
0: question Well, they're kind of having a similar problem to what the Cubs have run into lately where their starters are barely getting out of the third or fourth inning and running up the pitch counts. And that's been Bramlett's problem all along. I mean that he just throws so many pitches, his style of pitching, that could I mean, come back to buy him. He
1: can't get it he can't get past the sixth inning. His Brady's problem. If he gets
0: to the sixth, he's gotten a lot of Probably fly outs and ground I outs. I think he's
1: made it to the seventh once. I mean, that's... Yeah. But they have enough pin arms to where I think they can... I mean, they. it's not a killer. It's not great, but it's not a killer either. You're really... Um... It is a little disappointing, Chad Smith, that may able to put it together better given the amount, given the quality of stuff he has. But I mean, I feel like he could, he could be a stud next year, for example. Next year's pitching staff could Possible. be that's really. Shit really, really good, but we'll get to that next year.
0: Right, I mean, there's a, there's a question mark around Sean Johnson, you know, he, he could he could be anything from great two years after Tommy John to never being, you know, a viable SEC starter again, really, it just depends Ooh, on how things sweet. go.
1: So, Kentucky, looking at recent results, they won two out of three at home against Carolina, uh-huh. they lost two out of three to Auburn, at, at Auburn, they won a game against Arky at home, they lost to Vandy, series on the road. I think getting them getting them away from Lexington, you would expect to take the series. Um a sweep would be really beneficial because if you if you sweep, then you get a game in College Station. Then at 18 wins, you're going to host. It'd be hard yeah. to say
0: that. It's graduation weekend at Oxford. Should be good crowds. The series starts Thursday at 6:30. Yeah. Friday night game at 6:30, and then the finale Saturday at four. I'm worried I might not be able to make that finale. I got graduation for my little sister at 2:30 on Saturday. Um, you. I probably I could probably make it over there by by 4 let's hope I, I mean god I hate graduation ceremonies it <laughs> takes so long they're so boring um but yeah yeah I'll be I'll be in town I think Thursday shout out to uh longtime listener Neil McMillan we're supposed to be meeting up his little sister's graduating too So to we be meeting up to uh watch some games so looking forward to that for sure um it'll be adorable have some fan interaction yeah
1: exactly let's we play I, play I, we, we, need to, we need to
0: post a pic on the on the twitter like hey we found a real live listener
1: Exactly um, You can put Neil in his luscious locks yeah. The, yeah Not
0: not only a listener John But uh, a listener that was in a top tier fraternity Shout out Neil I, I know he loves when we talk about the order and, uh, and his association with them. He's he's listening right now being like, I hate these I'm guys. I'm trying to come up with a Sigma one-year
1: uh, probation. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: we should definitely mention there. that. The punishment has been meted out for the uh, sexual harassment incident derby days that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Let's see, one-year social, social probation, so that means no parties. At least officially, You know, they'll have off-campus parties in secret, et cetera, et cetera. You just have
1: to get do things differently. Right, right? well, it's yeah. kind of like
0: being on probation for football, right? You just got to skirt the rules differently. Precisely. They're already scared in the rules. That's what every frat does when they have parties and serve alcohol to minors. But now you just got to be more careful about it. You don't want to get busted twice in that in that period, you know, get that repeat yeah. of, repeat offender.
1: You I've just never, can't screw up in the next year, basically. I, I
0: haven't really thought about all the similarities between, you know, the IFC's petty battles of fraternities and the NCAA's battles with, uh, this with is football programs. But it kind of fits. It's kind of a uh, – Kind of makes sense now that we think about it. What else though? They're not having a rush class next year, so we all know what's going to happen there. Oh, That's a joke. I yeah, mean, shout K- out, shout that out, yeah. Ka, about me. to say shout out again to the order who took that yeah. uh, secret rush class the year they weren't allowed to. You and then yeah, the order, the, the order has
1: has developed a model for other. Uh, other inferior it's kind
0: of the it's kind of the private commit model but for fraternities basically you're a pledge you're just not a official pledge and you have to pretend to be a gdi for a year but everyone knows you're really a sigma chi or so that's that's fun um we'll we'll see john it'll be interesting to see if this punishment actually stands we all know what happened last time sigma chi got penalized although one
1: call that's
0: all man those, those penalties were a lot harsher to be fair so it's possible that um the The alumni in question might be a little more okay with with these, which to me seem like. I mean, last time Sigma Kai got in trouble, they were gonna like make the members move out of the house and everything. It was it was a bit much. This to me seems like a a, a decent punishment for the amount of negative PR they garnered for themselves and the. I university. think this punishment's
1: fair. The last punishment made no sense because I don't. Even, I, I wasn't even totally sure what Sigma Kai did wrong. I think
0: I think oh, that someone left. Groundhog Day and got oh that's Sigma New, right? Someone left Woodstock and got oh, wait, I have it backwards. Sigma Kai's Groundhog Day and got a DUI, I thought, or something like that.
1: Yeah, but that's not the fraternity's fault. Right, right. exactly. That's it was
0: it was definitely questionable. I think that investigation maybe then led to like they got in trouble for other parts of the party or something. Who knows? But yeah, this will be, be interesting to see what happens with, with this punishment. Um, glad we could pull the curtain back if anyone thinks that fraternities actually abide by those 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 sanctions all all i know is that i'm planning
1: on cooking some sausage for dinner after this and put make some pasta out of it so
0: that sounds that sounds pretty good should we just end the podcast here and go make dinner i'm gonna make curry i think i'm thinking hot hot sauce
1: is my sausage of choice that is pretty good yeah i like that what kind of
0: what kind of pasta are we talking about
1: uh, probably some sausage, some chicken. I got some pan. I have to, I have to go stare what's in the pantry. I haven't got thought about. Oh, that. sure,
0: sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got
1: some sausage from the butcher. I want to get into tonight. So that
0: sounds real. That pan- sounds pan- real nice. Right, uh, so, will you pan fry the sausage and then maybe deglaze the pan a little bit to make the sauce? Uh, I'm just
1: honestly, I have sauce from the store. The old That's- microwave sauce.
0: Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. That's yeah. No, that works too. I like to, you know, you take some butter and some onions and garlic, and kind of sauté yeah. that, and then you add the store-bought sauce, kind of cook that for like 10-15 minutes, let it thicken up a little bit. That's good stuff. Yeah, that's like that's, that's the way to do it. One of these days I'll learn how to make homemade tomato sauce, but I haven't yet. I've heard it's easy. Yeah. Um, I I've, I've heard a lot of people say that it's, but it just takes time. Uh, let's see. What else, John? We we kind of talked about the SEC as a whole in baseball and the, the RPI picture right now. Um, I'm not sure what else we really have to say about it.
1: They keep plugging along. I, I'd expect them to host unless... Um, if they get to 17, you would think they would host unless something silly happens from a uh, NCAA perspective, which at that point... Who the hell knows? We'll just see what happens. Louisville's two in the RPI, so... Those wins look good as well for Ole Miss. That, oh
0: yeah, just like we knew that they were going to be good when they came to Oxford. They've had a couple of bumpy patches uh, through the schedule, but yeah, thirty-eight and ten, they're looking really as good. As right I now.
1: look at the ACC here, too, um, Louisville sixteen and eight, Florida State's fourteen and six, North Carolina State's thirteen and nine, they're all hosting. Miami yeah. fifteen and six, they're hosting. Virginia fourteen and 10, 16 Well, I see, I see four locks to host. Okay, the SEC is definitely getting six. The ACC is more vulnerable to only get four or five. Yeah, I was, Virginia has a worse resume than all Ole But they're 31-17, 16 RPI. They're a fringe team. Clemson's got the RPI, but they have a losing conference record. So they may only get, they may squeeze the ACC and only give them four.
0: I can yeah. see that. And so that, that, would, that would leave four more spots for Texas Tech, Coastal, so, Though it's all Mississippi schools host. Yeah, Southern and and then maybe a, I don't know, maybe a UC Santa Barbara or TCU that's, or Lafayette sneaks Florida. in. Yeah,
1: SEC's getting six. And SEC's probably gonna get four. Yeah, national That sounds seat. like it. Well, let's see. National seed wise, Louisville gets one. Miami gets one. Ooh, Florida State, NC State versus Carolina and uh, Mississippi State. You have to put all those together. I don't know that that'll be. I don't know. Texas Tech will get one just because they're gonna want to break it up. might ACC might get four national seeds, but those are the only ones that host. That could be, you know, who knows?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so watch for that. Uh, let's see. We t- Arkansas State is that tomorrow, John? Are we thinking I that, that? Think mid-week? so. Probably so, so. Yeah, Kentucky game's Thursday. They're gonna <laughs> not- right. Yeah, yeah I we- forgot Kentucky well. Thursday, so they're not gonna play on Wednesday. Um. Watch for that. Obviously, after we get through this weekend, uh, I think there's no midweek after this. But then that A and M series is going to be huge, just like it was. Was that that was yeah last season? The last series A and M in Oxford and A and M was equally good last season. That was
1: two yeah, years ago. They went and won the division.
0: I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And they won it on in game two, I think, and they they, they yep. locked it up before the series was even. Yeah, over.
1: and they should have. And they had game. They were up in game three, and then bullpen. Yeah. Spit the bit, which but, that, might, that might have cost them a national seed. Who knows? But
0: Yeah, but we also came never. in third in the country that year, so it all worked out okay. Maybe if we got a national seed, it would have shaken out worse for us somehow. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, we would we would have never, if we had been a national seed, we would have never had all those fun memories from game three in Lafayette. Yeah. Holt Pertzog oh, and I all heard. that. Oh, speaking of Holt Pertzog, first career homer in game one, right? Or was it yeah, game two? I
1: think it was game two. It was pretty hysterical.
0: Yeah, that is hysterical. It's funny because you, you would think that the Holt Rocket, given that his nickname is the Holt Rocket, would have uh, would have hit a home run before. But you know, it, that's that's nice. He's a, is he a senior? This is kind of like the Austin Knight late season home run of last exactly. year. Exactly. Uh, you're right.
1: That's exactly. But what it is. if you
0: remember, Austin Knight uh, also hit another home run right after that. So maybe we got a little Holt magic in the uh, in the tank. And Errol also hit his his first home run right after Austin Knight did, I believe. So that was all kinds of fun stuff. Does Errol have any – oh, I got the stats right here. I can just check. Uh, has Errol hit any home runs this year?
1: I think he's hit one.
0: Let's see. I got it. Home run. He has hit one, yeah. That was – it was at home, I think. Yeah, he le- – oh, weren't we, were we there? Was it South Carolina?
1: No, that was uh, some midweek, crap midweek team.
0: Was it? I can't, um, I can't
1: remember who. But.
0: I, thought, I thought I remembered watching from – the third base side of the stands. I thought he looped one into the into the Ole Miss dugout. I feel like I've seen maybe it was a different series I was maybe it was Louisville. I don't know. I can't remember. I thought I saw that. Um So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean we we said all of our all of our stuff there. We'll get back to it. Let's talk about these two football commits, John, uh, big positions of need on the defensive line. Josiah Cotney eligible to play immediately. I think we might have talked about last week the fact that he was down to Ole Miss in Alabama. Timing with the whole Bo Davis firing apparently worked at Ole Miss's favor. At least that's the rumor. And I mean I hard to hard to think it wouldn't if they're without a defensive line coach at the time when we're fighting for this kid's signature. Um, of note, John, I read on some message boards that he might not have signed a national letter of intent because apparently the window to do that closed a week or two ago. So, I mean, everything's probably fine. He's probably, you know, going to enroll in Ole Miss this summer and suit up for Ole Miss. He says against Florida State, he, he wants to play in game one, which would be great for Ole Miss defensive line depth. But technically, I think other schools are still allowed to recruit him. Which is interesting to know. Yeah, I haven't
1: seen that, but I I would expect him to be in Oxford. I mean, that does. I would think I mean, he
0: seems like he uh, a pretty level-headed kid. JUCO transfer. I think he was All-State Mississippi JUCO uh, first team last year. I saw. I mean, he was a four-star that had offers from pretty much every SEC school. It seems like a big time. I mean, he's kid.
1: enrolling in June. I think when he takes when he is in class. Yeah, that would that would end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would.
0: Be, that would end yeah. it. Um defensive end i believe i i want to say he's like 260 though is that is he smaller than that let me look oh, it was
1: 280 but I'm not oh sure. yeah
0: 280 so it's, it's kind of a Fidal brown type perhaps yeah yeah uh yeah and this other guy uh the original lead singer for the rolling stones apparently oh wait, that's a different <laughs> that's a different brian jones um brian jones out of Baton Rouge, I think Madison Prep. Yep. Um, there's there's a there's a little fly in the ointment on this, John. Uh, and if you follow the whole Mississippi Louisiana recruiting battles, you, you get this every year. This kid commits to Ole Miss, does not yet have an offer from LSU. We saw this Jason Pellerin. Uh, I remember trying to think who else. Who was a uh, Duke Riley
1: was the linebacker that ended up going to LSU. It was when I. Our- I think Jones. I mean, Ole Miss is in good shape for Jones. I wouldn't take, I wouldn't just sit here and be like, oh, we're going to get this kid for sure, because I think inevitably he'll get an LSU offer down the road. Now, he could react to that and be like, they waited too late off to offer sure. me, blow them off. He could say, this is my dream school, I can do Riley. He could also. There's also the possibility that Les Miles gets canned because let's be honest. I mean, depending on how the season goes, I
0: don't have any faith in a developing
1: quarterback play. They probably go nine and three. Everybody's or ten and two. Everybody's probably all annoyed by that.
0: Probably, yeah, they probably go ten and two, and the fan base is livid because the two losses are Ole Miss and Alabama.
1: There's also some rumors that uh, there's also a basketball player almost is trying to recruit saw goes that. to the same school yeah, that there's that. that LSU and uh, Memorial High School in Baton Rouge aren't exactly on the same page right now. Interesting. Who knows? We'll see what comes out of it. Hopefully, this is more like a Cody Core or Brandon Bolden you poach somebody from another school's hometown that turns out to be a contributor. And last, the, the last four star defensive end from Louisiana we got was Gerard McDowell, which we. Haven't really seen contribute on the field, and but it's he's uncertain, there's a, lot if he will. a lot of competition.
0: A lot of competition at his position group. The yeah, of the he uh,
1: it, it, that doesn't appear to be. I don't know if he's adding value or not on the roster. Well, That's yeah, I mean the
0: fact say. that they the fact that they talk more about Austrian Robinson than about him, I think says Victor it all. Victor Evans
1: is, you know, the, from the end perspective. We'll see if McDowell does anything this year. But there,
0: there's going to be opportunities, um, the defensive line and the uh, the defensive backs. they're they're going to be a lot of turnover the next couple of years. So let's talk about who is going to be leaving after this year. Definitely Fidal Brown, uh, definitely Isaac Gross. Um, potentially Breland Speaks. Probably not, but he will be draft eligible. Um. Let's see, who else am I, who else am I forgetting here? that's coming back this year. Um. John Youngblood's a senior. Youngblood's a senior, so he's gone. I mean, basically everyone that we're counting on to contribute this season is probably going to be gone the next season, with there's the possible of, exception of Speaks.
1: There's going to be a lot of turnover up front. They're going to need some Jucos to come in.
0: Yeah, they were expecting Jeffrey Simmons to be a big contributor this year and then just step into an even bigger role the year after, but – that is not going to happen. I think we can all agree. Um, so it's it's huge to get Cotney, who's eligible to play this season while we have the depth, and then hopefully step up and be a full-time starter the season after that with a year of SC experience. Um, this Brian Jones kid, as you mentioned, a bit of an unknown considering he doesn't have an LSU officer offer. I agree with you. I think LSU will probably extend one, if not only because they don't want to lose a four-star you know, that's 6'5", 240 pass rusher to uh to old miss out of baton rouge but they have a new defensive scheme under a rondo i think they're running like a three five or something like that so they they have to see if he wants to play outside linebacker i think yeah i guess you could get that position thing as well who knows Who um but yeah it's, it's a it's a good get i mean really john i think the it's, it's good to be adding recruits. It, it was great to add Coatney after missing on Simmons uh, late in the game. But I think even larger than than just, you know, it's always good to be recruiting four-star players. This is a sign that people are starting to feel you would think these recruits are, are hearing good things from the Ole Miss coaches about the NCAA investigation. They seem confident enough. I mean, obviously Brian Jones is a long time until signing day, but apparently Josiah Cotney felt good enough about where the investigation was at that he would come to Ole Miss immediately um, over, you know, he could have gone pretty much anywhere else. So I would say that's a good sign. Be interested to see if um, after May 22nd, if things do indeed uh, look like the investigation's over at Ole Miss. Look like the infractions aren't gonna be enough to, you know, spell any true doom for the program. No bowl bands, no show causes, uh no more than four scholarships lost a year. Um I'll be interested to see if we if we see some movement on guys like Cam Akers, who we long heard was an old Miss Lean. Um I've had my doubts, but you know, i I don't know anything compared to what the coaching staff knows. Or uh a T Higgins, I think, who's committed to Tennessee right now. I've heard some other names. Um potential I, I I'm not sure who all the pay sites are claiming are private commits. I think Scout is the site I've heard from friends that Yancy Porter maybe is saying that Ole Miss has private commits. I'm I'm not sure who all that they think it is or if they revealed any names or anything, but definitely something to watch after the NOA comes out. Obviously we're interested to see what's in the NOA, but if it is indeed light, which I feel like these two commitments are trending towards you know things are probably on the on the the good side of punishments for Ole Miss. Um, be interested to see if we see 2017 recruiting pick up because even with this addition, John, still only four commits, two four stars, and then I'm not sure who the other two are. Now that I think about it, I know D.D. Bowie from Morton, who's a four star that was at one time committed to Alabama. It looks, like, oh yeah, Ben Brown, the private school offensive lineman. Marke- the right, and then Markel private. Markel winners that like unrated JUCO guy that announced in the middle of some PR shitstorm that I forget the exact details of. Um, so yeah, only two actual commits. Still got a long way to go to fill up this 2017 class. So hopefully there are some private commits out there. How do you? What do you think about that? Do you do you buy it? I don't know if I buy the private commits. A buy. There's a lot
1: of people interested in waiting to see how the NCAA thing. Sure. Yeah, out. I agree with that is I think, is pretty I think strong. the release of the response here, hopefully a week from, from a couple weeks, will help ease people, give some tangible, something tangible people can look at, and then you know feel better about the situation. Mm-hmm. So
0: it'll be interesting to see. So yeah, we're watching for that. Um, what else? What else is going on with the football team right now? I mean, uh, no real, no practices until fall camp. They'll be doing their. Weight training in the summer, and we'll have Chad Kelly and Shea Patterson out there running seven-on-sevens, which is pretty exciting to think about. But not, probably not any – the only news that's going to come besides recruiting news would probably be bad news. So no news is good news as far as the current team. Obviously. Yeah, so Just all Stay, stay like, in the weight room, stay out of the uh, the, the drunk tank at OPD.
1: Yeah, everybody just needs to ignore crap out there like FSU being a ten point favorite. Just we're oh wait. yeah, we should
0: definitely talk about that. Yeah, I mean it opened at like eight point five on my online book five dimes. It's up to ten. I I feel good even this far out about ten points. I I, I have trouble thinking that Ole Miss with senior Chad Kelly as a starter is going to get blown out in the opener. But I don't know. I mean Hugh Freeze has been pretty good in openers so far.
1: He has, um, I like the idea of him having a real opponent to start off the season. We do. It helps him focus the whole offseason. Little... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that because the way they played against Boise and the intensity we saw two years ago was really, hopefully, we can <laughs> see that again.
0: Yeah, that was, that was nice. That was good. Uh, and then obviously the Vanderbilt opener with James Franklin and the Jeff Scott run and all of that was intense and, uh, that was fun, Laquan Treadwell's, uh debut. I, I think, uh, yeah. Did you see that the the Vikings opened their season in Nashville?
1: Is that right? Yeah, I so Trewell
0: Trewell think... gets to debut the in the NFL the same stadium he debuted in the SEC. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I would like to. I would definitely like to go to that game. Speaking of rebels and the pros, Robert Kim getting a uh, a good bit of positive press right now. Arians is loving him in Arizona. Said he is quote bench pressing an offensive lineman during a walkthrough or something, which seems silly. Like you, you would think NFL coaches would get kind of mad about that, but I don't think it was like the starting offensive lineman. I think it was like a, a rookie camp walkthrough or something. Probably didn't care about him roughing up some basic, the equivalent of walk ons. Basically, He probably was just happy to see intensity. I out, think out Robert a guy it. That has a motor problem, quote unquote.
1: Like I said, Robert, like a guy that had all his pressure and expectations just kind of go away sure. by getting drafted. He looked generally happy. Process was over with, and where he's going, it wouldn't shock me if he had a monster year. Like still, I mean, he still year. got
0: the first round pick, but the fact that he fell down to thirty first, I felt like took away a lot of the expectations for him. I mean, if he if he has any production at all as a rookie, I feel like it's it's a victory for the Cardinals front office. Um, so that kind of it's not like he's being counted on as a top five you know we it's not like some bad team spin a pick they could have gotten a quarterback with or something on him and he has a lot of pressure from day one so also joining a great defensive line um i i I kind of uh feel good about i kind of like the cardinals now i kind of like the vikings too i gotta say and i i I mean dolphins are fine i i'm i'm gonna consider myself a mild fan of all three of those probably the most the Vikings and the Cardinals. After that, just because you love watching a, a skill player from your school get to catch balls in the NFL. No, I, I,
1: I can. I think the Vikings and the Cardinals were fun to watch. I'm in yeah. different. I um, mean, I
0: enjoyed watching the Cardinals last year. The only yeah. reason that I, I'm going to cheer for the Dolphins is because I just want Larry to have a great career, and I want him to. After the way Draft Night went, I would love for him to be a you know an, an All Pro player. Uh, kind of prove some of the haters wrong. I think Robert's already well on his way to proving all the haters wrong. He's he's gonna have a great career. Yep, and I mean we all know we all know how talented Laquan is. I I think he's gonna have a long career as well. He's
1: going like him 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 playing under North Turner really sets up well.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be good. Um, so let's see. That's kind of the the football storylines. Um, interestingly, John, I don't know if you've heard switching over to uh, some. Some MS, MSU news. Uh, Bear Wilson, who declared early for the draft, still has not signed a rookie deal anywhere. Kind of disappointing for Dan Mullen, I would think. I mean, first of all, you can't get him to stay for his senior year, even when he's not projected anywhere in the top six rounds. And then he doesn't even you know, sign as an undrafted free agent. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me... That says something about your program. If you can't convince, you can't even convince your own players to stay. Am I am I way off base on that? I mean, I understand the whole feed your family thing, but this kid could have gotten a college degree at least. I don't know. He, he probably well, got some really bad advice. But still it's not I think it's, it's mostly people
1: around him giving him bad advice. I don't know if it really says a whole lot about MSU one way or the other. I don't well, this think, is the second year in a row
0: that they've had early entrants go undrafted and it wasn't just him this year they also had that linebacker Benny Brown go undrafted this year. I don't know. I mean I would think that I would think that Hugh Freeze, for instance would be able to outweigh whoever these bad advisors are in his player's ear if it was a situation like this. maybe I'm way off on that one. But I feel like he'd be able to convince him to come back for another season instead of potentially going undrafted. But you know, yeah, it's, there's a lot of shady people in these in these situations. There's a lot of mixed signals that these kids are getting, so it's hard to say for sure.
1: Yeah, it's a whole agent thing. Such a screwed up world. I mean, to think about how petty and immature and stupid the dude was that attacked Hunsel and basically threw his own career in the trash. Yeah, he's a while- baby. It was just
0: well. He probably incredible. did throw his own career in the trash. But the only thing that I can think is uh, perhaps he feels confident that Ole Miss is afraid to depose him, and maybe he feels like that's going to keep Larry from ever taking any legal, you know, steps against him. That's the only thing that I think can maybe give him a little measure of comfort now. But obviously, extremely childish, petty, you know, just total asshole move. I don't know how that's going to get him future clients. By any stretch of the imagination, but maybe that's a silver lining for him, if you know what I mean. I mean, college programs are notoriously fearful of lawsuits. Look at what just happened at Penn State—absolutely um, disgusting. John, talking about we talk about Baylor and Tennessee and all that stuff, but anyone that gets more worked up about Ole Miss, you know, players texting coaches asking money to pay light bills. Joe Paterno knew Jerry Sandusky was a child molester in 1976. There's a multiple assistants, you know, had seen him uh, abusing children. That's just that's just absolutely disgusting, man. I'm I'm honestly upset at the NCAA for cutting short the penalties against Penn State. I know it was punishing the people that weren't responsible for it. But at the same time, the fact that your program sheltered that person for so long, I feel like there should be some repercussions on the program as a whole, not just the coaches that were involved.
1: I, oh, hope no. Ulmer, I hope almost. I hope almost gets twenty scholarships. Then for that line of thinking, that's my. Well, comment.
0: You, oh, you're, say,
1: you're saying you're saying you're saying let's punish people that didn't do anything wrong. Look, the, the Penn State. It's totally thing,
0: different, man. That's that's Penn, so different. The
1: Penn State thing is clearly beyond the football program and has to go up to the top of the university. The whole it, it's just like Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is basically on a Penn State path until. Something hits them. I don't know what it's going to be, but, I mean, how, how in the hell does Butch Jones get through this? It's just mind-blowing. I mean, that's that's my well, thought on this. I mean, this but, is, it, it, it's a whole organizational structure problem, not just the football program. I don't think the, this is beyond the NCAA's means. And they acted so stupid taking those scholarships away at that point that it was like, I don't know. I mean, you... I, I don't know why you would take a scholarship away from a football program as a result of all that. That's it, it's not even because like you're punishing
0: is. the fans and the boosters, the people that. I mean and the administrators that, I mean they got to enjoy of
1: the hundred and whatever thousand people that go to a football game, less than one percent had a less than point one percent had a clue what was even right,
0: going on. Right, but if Joe Paterno hadn't covered up for it and, and if he had gotten fired twenty years earlier, you he wouldn't have had all those successful Joe seasons. Paterno. Well, you ban dead.
1: Joe Paterno, and you take his name. He, you say he never won a game, and you erase him from the record. You okay, did, I'm you,
0: fine with that, too. Did you, they did You they give they him the Pete that. Rose
1: treatment. That's, that's the
0: solution. But here. I don't think they did that, did they? They haven't done that yet. Well, they did,
1: because the NCAA is really stupid.
0: I, I would be more okay with that. But the fact that they handed out all those punishments, and then, what, a year and a half later revoked them, and then you had students on campus you know, chanting Joe Paterno's name that night and all that stuff, I mean, it's just – It's just disgusting, man. I mean, I know it's only sports, but I think we can all agree. Situations like this, situations like what's going on at Baylor and Tennessee. I mean, it's beyond the pale of everybody cheats. It's beyond the pale of we're asking athletes to be morally superior. No, we're just asking sports programs to not, you know, violate the law. We're asking sports programs to not be detriments to the community they're a part of. I don't think that's too far to go, you know.
1: Here, here's a thought that crossed my mind the other day. Is The think about the SEC West is you look at Alabama has a compliance and a legal department and an administration committed to winning and a coach committed to winning and knows how to get the job done, so therefore they're Alabama. Right. LSU has all the off-the-field stuff in line committed to winning from a lawyer compliance perspective. If their coach has no clue how to coach offense or much less coach a quarterback. So they can't quite get over the hump. Auburn's committed off the field. Their coach doesn't really know how to manage a locker room. Gus just Gus is an OC makes sense. He can't be a head coach. I mean, he took over the program after Chiswick and that was, it was kind of, what what he, what Gus did in thirteen is really similar to what Nutt did in 08 at Ole Miss, because Ole O eight Ole Miss should have won more games than they did and probably mm-hmm. thirteen Auburn should've lost more games than they did. So I think those teams are pretty damn similar. With a one year quick turnaround, but that all falls apart pretty soon afterwards. The you know, point is is that you look at Ole Miss, they have the co they have a coaching coach a guy that can coach quarterbacks and freeze.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they have a compliance department, a PR department, and a legal department that is so stupid because you look at what I'll Baylor, give you, I'll give
0: you and PR. Tennessee,
1: and all these other people get away with, and then Tunzel sit seven games. I'll, I'll, it's well, like first of all, think like, we have the a. opposite of problem everybody. That's I mean, true. Pretty amazing.
0: Uh, I, I'll give you the whole PR thing. I, I, I still am not ready to say the compliance department has screwed old miss yet because we don't know. We don't know what the punishments are going to be. We don't know. I mean, the last thing you want to do is have the NCAA roll on you twice as hard because they say you didn't, you know, tell the truth or whatever. That, that games, happened to Tuncel. Oh, that's it's why Tuncel missed suffered. seven games, apparently, was because he initially lied to the NCAA. I don't well, know. I would be worried if our compliance department if our compliance department was potentially doing the same thing, I don't know. It's, I just think in hindsight, we're going to know a lot more about this, but I definitely agree with the P the PR standpoint at the same time. How was
1: though, ever put in a position
0: to lie to the NCAA? How do you not have your duck? Well, I think it's possible that I think some coaches probably knew what was going on, but it's, it's possible that some administrators and compliance people and other coaches maybe. uh, didn't know that he had, you know, committed some of these violations. And that, that probably is on Ole Miss. Um, and at, what's the opposite of the compliance department, John? Who's the – what would you call, the, like, the shadow compliance department that's responsible for making sure that cheating is, like, gotten away with? Let's call it the shadow compliance department for now. Let's
1: so, call it the booster club. Let's but
0: I, I think it's it's not boosters, though. I'm talking about, like Salt Let's s-
1: call it can of Motors.
0: <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm saying there should be an assistant AD or someone – in the players parking lot, looking at all the cars, trying to figure out if any of them are potential violations. You know what I mean? Like we gotta be aware of especially a star player like Tunsil. He was driving a loner car for six months. How did we not, you know, pick up on that and figure out how we can make that okay? Like that that you blame Canon. Because whenever. we
1: assume Canon would document this correctly. That's that probably
0: league. true. That's probably true. So once again That's... we come back on we just got really unlucky and we ran into a, a dumbass rogue booster
1: unlucky more like stupid we're too stupid to win but, off the field but That's you a can't fact.
0: blame i don't know if you can blame yeah, Ole Miss administrators for the actions of a booster i don't know they're
1: not committed they well they they at least are partially responsible for being too ignorant to not right
0: take i agree with that i agree with that they should have known what was going on with the loaner you card can the benefits
1: of your football program bringing in lots of attention and revenue and then not play dumb play dumbass when you know not everything's squeaky clean around the edges because nobody's squeaky clean. You can't take the money and then like, oh, we're gonna like, come on, you can't play that game, guys. You have to be either you're committed or you're not. Get committed.
0: I think I think they're committed, and once we see uh, once once we see how minor the uh, now if they
1: sign like a fifth rank recruiting class this uh, February next year in twenty seventeen recruiting, all all's well that ends well, and Chad. Texas they're not. They're yeah. not going to sign. Oh, well,
0: yeah, the only way yeah. they're going to sign a top five class is if they basically go to the playoff. Because I think they'll they'll, they'll probably sign a decent class, but after last year's class, I just yeah. think it's unlikely they're going to reel in a ton of elite guys. Unless unless they make really good pitches to some defensive guys. Because like we just talked about, there's obviously going to be a yeah, playing time available.
1: Cool. You there, Justin? Sorry. Yeah. Right. No, you're good.
0: Um, no, I was just saying, You know, the only – It's possible they could reel in an elite defensive recruiting class based on all the available playing time, but I I doubt it's going to be anywhere close to the class we just saw as far as rankings-wise. I expect more like a... I, I maybe I'm naive to think this, considering we only have four four commits right now, but I'm expecting somewhere in the fifteen to twenty range.
1: I would think top point the goal because they're going to they're going to take a number of JUCO kids. Well, it's more
0: it's really more important purpose. to fill specific needs in this class than to yeah, amass and, some and they're sort su- of a high they're going to
1: self-impose
0: game. three or four scollies as well. So that's I mean. Well, by this class, they'll probably be officially imposed, but they've self-imposed the last two classes. They're, I mean, planning,
1: on, they're planning on imposing at least. like yeah, for,
0: yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think Ole Miss has already offered at least three a year. I mean, we all heard everyone that knew anyone was saying nine over three. I'm pretty sure that was what Ole Miss originally offered up to the NCAA. I don't know if it will end up being more like, you know, four or 12 uh, over four three. or, or uh, 12 over three, four a year, something like that. Who knows? But Uh, I think I think they're expecting at a minimum three a year to be lost. Just looking at the number of spots they've left open the last few years, plus you know the rumblings coming out of Oxford.
1: Three a year is okay. It's obviously not ideal, but they can can they've already kind of started working around that. Yeah, Um, I agree. But it has kind of hurt depth in a couple spots. I mean, that's they're gonna have to work around that, but we'll see. Yeah, we saw that last
0: year. Um. But yeah, so that's it's pretty much the old Miss news for the week, John. I think we we covered that. Um, talk quickly a
1: little bit. Good. Quickly wrap up here, I guess, with the MLB Cubs twenty four and six. That's ridiculous. It's a, a gaudy gaudy they number. They're putting up numbers that haven't been seen in a century, as far as run differential and type of start. Um, the thought that crosses my mind before we hear about your uh, Wrigley experience mm. is, you know. For whatever reason, this kind of reminds me of the '85 Bears from a just a dominant team perspective. That, that kind of, I mean, mm-hmm. the, that bear that those '80s Bears only won one championship, but they are well remembered as having one of the best units ever, or one of the best seasons or teams ever. And this Cub team could kind of, you know, And Chicago had had won a title in a while in football. Obviously, the Cubs haven't won in over a century. But this, I mean, that this Cubs roster has got a hell of a shot at doing stuff. And you know, Theo and everybody's committed to upgrading the roster, into uh, July as needed. So that it, it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, yeah,
0: no doubt. I'll be interested to see if at the trade deadline, they opt to go for a starting option or a reliever. I, at this point, I think a potential a, a reliever could be, who I would go, there. I would go get a pin arm. Obviously it depends on, you know, who's dealing who at that point in the season. I mean, if you could, if you could maybe get, I would say if you could get like a top ten starter, for instance, if you get, if you get Oakland to deal Sonny Gray or something like that. But other than that, I think the pen needs a lot more work than the starters. Obviously, you got Arietta and Lester at the top, really good. Um, Lackey, we knew was going to be pretty good and gritty after the way he pitched St. Louis. He's been good, and then Hamels. Uh, been impressive. Definitely done more than we thought. Hamill's
1: been pretty good. They got four guys. Yeah, the fifth starter is a question Hendricks mark. Can be whatever. Yeah, I everyone's
0: mean. fifth starter is a question mark. So that's that's nothing new. Last year they brought Dan Herron in to be the fifth starter. Didn't really do much at the trade deadline. But the the bullpen is definitely shakier. Um, I, I think they feel good about the very end of it, but middle relief definitely questionable. And Adam Warren solid. Uh. Yeah, um, what's-his-face, pitched three innings yesterday. Trevor Cahill um, did decent yesterday. I would think they'd go get a bullpen arm as well. That would would definitely help them, the the way their lineup is. I I could see adding a bullpen arm to the mix halfway through the season just make them that much scarier um, once they get a lead on you, if they can run somebody out there that's going to shut you down. Um, But, dude, Wrigley was great, man. It's like a – it's like a really classic stadium, you know. I was thinking about it with the new Yankee Stadium. It's basically Wrigley and, and Femway pretty much. They're the only, you know, vintage classic stadium still out yep. there. Am I forgetting anybody? No, that's it. You're uh, right. Yeah, it's really cool, really intimate feel. We had great seats Um, pretty much straight up from third base. Uh, Probably, let me try to guess some it here. We're in the lower level, so like under the, under the second level deck, pr- probably like, 60 or 70 rows up. They were great they were great seats. Um new video boards are really great and wriggly Obviously the old classic ones had their appeal for old baseball fans, but I, I was glad that I was able to watch, you know, like modern graphics and stats and everything. And really nice. Uh long line for the bathroom, but it, it moves quickly. Um Cubs fans enjoy some beer. I don't know if you've heard they they do like to drink um met some cool people we were sitting in front of a guy that has a cubs podcast and blog that he writes for and they had lots of interesting insights they also had like fun fun song parodies for all the players the best being addison russell was like do the russell that was fun um they sing songs for everybody um trying to think who else ran into somebody that had that had knew people that we knew and had been to Jackson before. It was just totally random. Um, it's a small world. Actually, uh, yesterday we were having lunch uh, at a bar in the neighborhood of our Airbnb before we had to fly out a couple hours later and our waiter played baseball under Maneri at LSU back in oh. 90- 99 through 01. Yeah, it was super random. He was talking to us about all kinds of sec crap and about trying to get uh he's he wants to do like sec watch parties at his at that bar next football season or something i was like yeah sure do go for it but uh that was random it's a it's a small world but overall really experience was great um cubs swept the nationals we saw game three we got to see jason hamill as we the aforementioned jason hamill He, he only lasted i think four innings his pitch count got up really high but um, Cubs battled back from being down. I was talking to you before the show, John. Bryce Harper probably really mad at himself and at the Cubs after that series. The game we were at, um, he had a he had a fly out from Addison Russell that he dropped and turned in. It might have been foul even if he hadn't touched it, but it it went off his glove, scored two runs, ended up being a double. So that was basically that game. And then in yesterday's game, I'm sure some of y'all saw it was uh, the first time in like a hundred years that someone recorded seven, uh, seven times on first base without recording a plate appearance or recording an at bat. Excuse me, because he was walked six times intentionally and then hit by a pitch. So um, to get the sweep and to neutralize their best players so effectively, um, big win for the Cubs. We were talking before the podcast about I saw the ESPN power rankings a couple hours ago looking pretty random at this point, like with with Cubs and then uh, Nationals behind them and White Sox and Red Sox. It's just a, a bunch of teams you probably didn't expect in a normal year, I guess you could say, with the exception of maybe the the Red Sox a few years ago when they were so good. Um, I don't know. I, I said to you, John, beforehand, I don't really think the Nationals are the second-best team, but I think it'll be a second before someone emerges. If you had to... I mean, the Cubs, like you said, 85 Bears. The Cubs are the juggernaut right now. But I think it'll be interesting to see who's going to be the next team that emerges. It could be the Red Sox. They're good. I said earlier the Pirates are not to I think to be the Mets are the out. biggest
1: threat in the National League with their definitely,
0: pitching. Definitely, yeah, the Mets are definitely great. Did you see that Bartolo Colon home run hysterical? Yes, that was just so absolutely great. Love it. Love that guy. Love watching him the bat. The Mets
1: are a team that play that's better suited for the postseason than the regular season because they no have doubt. so many. I mean, Steven Matz is their fourth starter. I mean, that's absurd.
0: Yeah, no doubt then, about
1: that. American League, White Sox. I mean, what if you had an All-Chicago World Series?
0: That'd that would be pretty hysterical. Dude, that <coughs> would be potentially awful. Like, I don't want to imagine what the Northside Cubs bros would say. Like, what terrible offensive things would be published on the internet if the White Sox beat the Cubs in the World Series. Like, talk about classism, racism, all the world into one, like, giant yeah. giant pool of dystopic social media. That, that would be the result. I mean – even if just the Cubs make it to the World Series, I think Chicago's going to be put in a state of emergency, probably, if they're Definitely smart. Sure. Yeah, it, the, the fans are rabid, man. They they want this bad. They were going crazy uh, during that game. It was really fun, um, for sure. So, interesting season for the Cubs. Got some cool gear, got a hat, got a sweet quarter zip, got a T-shirt with a bear drinking a beer on it, trying to catch a foul ball with the beer. So... Successful weekend overall. Had a great time. Want to go back to Chicago soon. Really, really cool city. Had a lot of fun. Cool, cool.
1: I don't think there's anything else. The Rangers are plugging along at 18 and 14. They lose three out of four in Toronto. Then they go sweep the Tigers. Verlander pretty much shut us down yesterday. And then our uh, our backup catcher was a former Tiger that we acquired in March. Hits a go-ahead grand slam in the eighth inning. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first his guy's first homer of the year, so he was just straight trolling at that point. Um, let's see what happens, like the Mariners are leading the ALs by half a game right now. They're off to a pretty good start. We'll see if they keep it up. I tell you, who's bad? The Yankees are really bad this year. Yeah, which is kind but, of funny. The Yankees and the
0: Cardinals. So that's funny. Yeah, Washington St. Louis sucks. It's gonna make me happy. Yeah, that, that's that's nice. And watching the Yankees be bad is not a. Uh... Not something that upsets me by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, I think we uh, we pretty much covered it all this week. Uh, this week. Um, you know, watch watch some baseball. Look for me and Neil uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hopefully, I'll be at that Saturday game. Uh, if you're gonna be in auction for graduation. Hit me up. Uh, if we're really friends, you should text me. If you want to be my friend and you listen to the show, I would uh, you, you've earned my friendship at this point by listening. So uh, tweet at me. or um, That's probably the best way to get in touch. And would love to hang out in Oxford. Take some baseball in. That'd be a good time. Um, but for now, um, thanks for listening. You can subscribe on iTunes, of course. Um, follow us on Twitter. There's a Facebook page you can like. Check out our website, LandStarksAfterDark.com listen to old episodes not sure why you'd want to but if you're curious they're there uh you can check out our our pretty cool web design kept up by uh webmaster sean ray uh great friend of the show so check that out uh other than that though um for john i'm justin uh and we're gonna talk to you again next week